Hello, I'm Monsignor Jim Lasanti. Today on Personally Speaking, I'll be joined by actor and filmmaker Nick Loeb. Nick co-wrote, co-directed, and stars in the new film, Roe vs. Wade. Please stay with us. Welcome to Personally Speaking. I'm your host, Monsignor Jim Lasanti. And actor and filmmaker Nick Loeb joins me now. Nick directs and stars in his newest movie. It's called Roe vs. Wade, which takes an honest look at abortion. Nick co-directed and co-wrote Roe vs. Wade alongside Kathy Allen. In the film, Nick plays Dr. Bernard Nathanson, a famous abortion doctor who later converted to the pro-life movement. The movie follows the events leading up to and beyond the landmark 1973 Supreme Court decision and also features the Academy Award-winning actor John Voight, the powerful actor Robert Davi, the great actor Steve Guttenberg, and Corbin Bernson as well. Nick says that despite the film's subject matter, Roe vs. Wade is not a conservative, religious, or even a pro-life film. It's a film, he says, that lays out the facts of how Roe vs. Wade came to be. Joining me now, I'm so pleased to welcome to Personally Speaking, the actor and filmmaker, Nick Loeb. We are here talking to Nick Loeb. We're talking about his new picture called Roe vs. Wade, uh, on which he was the producer, the co-writer, as well as one of the stars. I feel, Nick, that we have uh, six degrees of separation, you and I, in that. Uh, I did the wedding for both of Steve Gutenberg's sisters. I uh, I just baptized Robert Davi's new baby. And uh, and you play Dr. Bernard Nathanson, and he was an old friend of mine. Uh, in fact, he was on this show when it was a television show. And we were also, uh, Dr. Nathanson and I, we were... Uh, filed the same lawsuit against us. Uh, me, him, and Randall Terry were sued by NOW, National Organization for Women, and mm-hmm. Planned Parenthood for leading demonstrations, and we were all fined and stuff. So you are my spiritual brother because you're playing back. <laughs> <and they laughs> no, I, didn't, I didn't know that, but... So wait, wait, Steve, is, so you you what did you do with Steve's sisters? You um, uh, both both his sisters married Catholic guys. So I did the oh, wedding. Okay, so like Steve Jewish, isn't he? Yeah, Steve's Jewish, and I don't know who his latest wife. But Steve and I have been friends forever. When he's mostly spending time in New York, we get together regularly. But uh, now he's back, I think, in California. So, but Steve's well, a great should, guy. You should call Steve and tell him to come on your show. We have had Steve on the show, but now that you have the movie with him, I'm going to have him back on the show to talk about why he loved being in Roe versus Wade, and uh, I think it's great. Hey, you know, Steve knows, and you know that most people, uh, when I talk about Roe versus Wade, give me this quizzical look. It's amazing how in the young generation, they really don't know too much about the case. They certainly don't know about Doe versus Bolton, the follow-up decision. Could you tell us, when you do a movie on Roe versus Wade, what is Roe versus Wade for the folks who are listening to a program like this, watching us saying, uh, what is that? Well, you know, it's interesting that you say, I don't think, not just the younger generation, I, I don't think, I mean, it, it, and I like to say, it's the case that everyone's heard about, but nobody knows anything about. Right. <laughs> and so, you know, we, you know, every American has heard of Roe v. Wade as the most famous court case in American history. Uh, but nobody really knows how it came to be and, and how it was decided. Uh, definitely nobody knows that there was a campaigning case to it at all. Um, so, I, you know, we that's why I set out to make a movie. Yeah. 
to inform people on what was going on. Now, at the end of the day, it was a 7-2 decision for eliminating all restrictions on abortion everywhere. Uh, there were two who voted against it, one being Judge Rehnquist. And folks might be interested in knowing that the other justice who voted against Roe versus Wade was the college roommate of John Kennedy, uh, Wizzer White, and he was a Democrat and considered to be a liberal Democrat. Uh, and, and yet he saw the move as a great injustice against the preborn child. But, but Nick, my question has to be, you know as well as I do that uh, there are certain things you just can't talk about in America without huge divisions, huge controversy. Uh, whenever I preach in church in any way about the right to life, uh, I'm always going to have some people going to write me hate letters. My point is it's one of the most controversial moral issues probably since slavery. Uh, why would you, as a successful producer, writer, actor, want to get involved in this, this humongously controversial issue? Because I'm crazy. You know, I, um, you know, it's interesting. You know, first of all, I'm a filmmaker. I came really from the film side, not the faith faith side. I first, I couldn't believe that, you know, Hollywood makes movies on everything. I couldn't believe no one had really, truly made a Hollywood movie on Roe v. Wade. Now, I know there, there was one in 89, but it was really the Norman McCorvey story. It had nothing really to do with the case and how it got there. <clears throat> no one had made the true story. So, you know, I went to make it not not necessarily because of the controversy, but because A, it was so famous, and B, when I learned about it, it, it was almost like an Oliver Stone-esque conspiracy movie like JFK. So yeah. <laughs> I thought it was going to, you know, from, from a filmmaker's perspective and a storyteller, I thought it was going to be fun and interesting. And so uh, I don't know if you had a chance to see the film yet, but it's not a boring courtroom drama. It is uh, it, it's quite the ride. Well, now, for our folks around the country who, in fact, want to, like me, see this film, Nick Loeb is going to tell us, how do we see Roe versus Wade? Is it in movie houses? Is it online? How, how are you getting this powerful film out there? Sure. So it's going to be, you know, with COVID, everything sort of shut down. So like a lot of the studios, we're going to be streaming the film. It comes out April 2nd on Amazon, iTunes, Google Play. People mm -hmm. have cable or satellite will be on demand. Um, so just like, you know, any other movie that's released today, um, and it, and it comes out on good Friday. Oh, that's great. What a powerful image that is, huh? Uh, you know, I want to talk about you and what you play. Uh, Nick Loeb is not only producing and co-writing, but he's also acting a major part in the film of Dr. Bernard Nathanson for our, our watchers and listeners. Nick, tell us a little bit about who is Dr. Bernard Nathanson. So we had to tell Roe, I mean, we can't just go and make a movie about a court case. It's very boring. When you make movies today, you have to make them about characters and people. Yeah. And so we had to find somebody who wanted we could follow through this. And also <clears throat> to make movies interesting, you need to find characters that have an arc uh, in their life or their storyline. And so we told the story of Roe v. Wade through the eyes of Dr. Bernard Nathanson, who is the protagonist in the movie. Uh, Dr. Bernard Nathanson was the uh, most prolific abortionist in American history. Him and his clinics uh, oversaw over 70,000 abortions. Um, and your audience is like, oh my God, why are we telling the movie from <laughs> the aspect of an abortionist? Because, <clears throat> because we, we really find out what happens. And so uh, we follow really his life. Of, he was the, also the one of the founders of NARAL, the National Association of Repeal Abortion Laws. He was instrumental in getting Roe passed. His best friend essentially was father of the abortion movement, a guy named Larry Later. Um, and, and we watch him and we watch them 
and their journey to get Roe passed. Now in 1974, the year after Roe was passed, when new sonogram technology got better, mm-hmm. uh, Bernard performed uh, uh, an abortion under new sonogram technology, realized he was killing babies, and eventually um, converted and became pro, pro-life, pro uh, came out and wrote several books on, on how we got everything passed and all the lies and the manipulation that they, they were involved in to do so. Uh, and then I think in 1994, he was baptized by Cardinal O'Connor at St. Patrick's Cathedral, um, which we shot this scene. I mean, we were the only movie, uh, I think, in American history to be allowed to shoot scenes inside St. Patrick's Cathedral on Fifth Avenue, including the baptism scene. Now, going back to that baptism and his conversion, uh, I was on a boat ride once for a fundraiser for Homes for Unwed Mothers, and Dr. Nathanson was there, and he gets up to speak, and he says, you know, uh, I used to call myself a Jewish atheist, and then I came slowly to believe there is a higher power, a God, and now I think probably the best manifestation of that God is Jesus Christ, so I'm my next stop likely will be to become a Catholic Christian. And Cardinal O'Connor got up, as was his way, and he said, you know, I appreciate the beautiful story of your conversion, he said, but frankly, to this movement, the pro-life movement, you're worth much more as an atheistic Jew than one more Catholic doctor, you know? Which is interesting that you say that because, you know, one of the characters in the movie felt the same way. And so Mm. uh, one of the, one of the, um, the, actually the lead, so Bernard Nathanson is sort of the lead on the pro-choice side in the movie, the lead on the pro-life side is is Dr. Mildred Jefferson. Right. Sure. Now, for those of your listeners who don't know who she was, she was the first African-American woman to graduate from Harvard Medical School. Right, right. And she was the second president of National Right to Life. And although she was a Baptist, her whole position was we need to take God out of the argument if we're going to win. Mm-hmm. She, it's about science. Life begins at conception. I'm a doctor. I know that. Yeah. And, and her her thought was that was the best way to win is is just like you said she was much more valuable fighting the the science as 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 um uh, as a Catholic and I think that's where sort of I came into play you know I you know I wasn't raised well I kind of was raised Catholic but it was a, so my father was Jewish mm-hmm. uh, my mother Episcopalian uh, by I was raised by an Irish Catholic nanny so you know <laughs> I, was, I get it from all sides but. You know, I didn't, I really, I really grew up mostly agnostic. Um, you know, I now, uh, I now have a lot of belief in God, but I didn't really grow up in that world. And I also grew up pro-choice, mm. um, you know, and I was pro-choice because I grew up in New York and I was taught that when a woman, I'm 45, when a woman gets pregnant, there's, there's just a clump of cells. There's not a life there. Um, and so I also went through a conversion in my life. And I think that brings, uh, not necessarily my conversion, but I think it brings, uh, it's a little easier to talk to people, not saying I'm a Catholic and blah, 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 you know, and try to push my views from a religious perspective. But I truly come in. I'm a, I like Miller Jefferson from a scientific perspective. You know, I like Google it, listen to a sonogram. Yeah, there's there's a baby there. And I tell everyone, you know, I made this movie. Also, if you if you see the movie, it's not a faith based preaching movie. I, I made mm-hmm. a sort of down the middle movie. <clears throat> because I didn't want to alienate the other side. I, I wanted the ability to reach across the aisle, talk to those in the middle, those on the fence, yeah. maybe even pro-choicers. And even after the movie, if, if they don't change their opinion in mind, the only thing I want them to come away with at the end of the day, to understand that there's a baby there. And if yeah. they see the baby and they still are going to say, it's okay to abort the baby, so be it. 
but at yeah. least they understand the ramifications of what they're doing because I think we've come to a society where I think it's horrible where you have a small segment of the society are proud of their abortions. The organization will shout your abortions. Women getting out there from Hollywood and saying, I'm, I, I'm had a dozen abortions and I'm, I'm excited and I want to celebrate them. It, yeah. You know, whether you believe in abortion or not, it's it's a it's not a good thing, right? Yeah. It's horrible. And I want the, you know, and it's a tough, difficult subject and a tough, difficult thing a woman goes through. I don't think it should be glorified. Right. I totally agree with you. And I'm glad you mentioned uh, sometimes people say, to me, well, you have to believe in the whole pro-life, pro-life thing, right? Because you're Catholic. And I say, if I were agnostic or atheist, I still believe it's wrong because it's about human life and science. Uh, and I love Mildred Jefferson. I knew Mildred and uh, and I thought she was right in saying, let's remove the religious aspect of this. Even with Biden right now, he's for the full nine run through abortion. And, and, and people say, well, how can he be that as a Catholic? And I say, how can he be that for that as a human being? Forget about the religion part of it. There are Catholics who believe in abortion, Catholics who don't. Uh, the church obviously is against it, but that's not the point. As you say, it's human life. I love in my parish when people are expecting a child, a grandchild, and they show me these sonogram pictures that now with 3D t- science is unbelievable. You can see the kids, everything, and, and to make out this beautiful face. Well, as you say, how do you ignore the humanity of that, that baby in the womb? And it's interesting, the schizophrenia in America, and that when they want a baby, they're showing pictures of this kid in the womb, and it's beautiful, and this is my grandchild, my grandson, my granddaughter. But man, if they don't want it, that's not a person, not a person, not, not a human being. Let me ask you this. You got involved with this movie, uh, or you got her involved, uh, Alveda King. Could you tell our, our folks who is she, and why is that so important? So Dr. Alveda King is the niece of Martin Luther King. And so, you know, I reached out to Alvita because I, I wasn't in the pro-life movement. Uh, you know, I was getting into it, but I didn't really have a lot of relationships there. Uh, I had my own pro-life fight. But so I reached out when I started to make this movie, I reached out to Alvita and I said, you know, you're one of the leaders in the pro-life movie mo- movement that I truly respect. And I'd love if you'd be interested in coming on and helping me get this made um, as a producer. <laughs> I tell you a funny story. Actually, you should probably kill me if I tell you this. But um, she, uh, you know, I get a call back from Alvina. I didn't even know she what. You know, she didn't know me. It was sort of a cold call, and I, I left her a message or sent her an email. I get a my phone rings. I pick up. It's Doctor Alvina King. She's like, "Hi, Nick. I got your message. I'd love to be in your movie." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 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 yeah. Okay. What part okay, is that? <laughs> would love to have you doing. And so, you know, um, you know, she's, she's so funny. And so is Derek. So we, we wrote in a role for her where she <laughs> plays the mother of Dr. Miller Jefferson in this, ah. in, in this one scene. And she's really fabulous. She actually even quotes um, in, as a character quotes her uncle, Martin Luther King, but uh, it's a great scene. Uh, Avito has been tremendously helpful in helping us get this made as a producer uh, in all aspects from uh, advising us to raising money, to promoting it, to doing screening. She's been one of our strongest uh, supporters and, and been really great for us. And it makes great sense, too, to me that uh, if you look back at the civil rights movement and the whole history of our country in terms of African-Americans, we had so depersonalized them that we took human beings and said they weren't really human beings. That's actually what we we came from in this uh, culture of slavery. And in the same way, we're doing that with the unborn child. Well, it's not really a person. Uh, and yet everyone who wants a baby knows, oh, sure it is. This is my child. Let me ask you, you know, it's not a surprise to you what I'm going to say to you, but uh, overwhelmingly, 
folks in the uh, in the popular secular media are pro-choice, and uh, that's why. And frankly, I was surprised. You had a really, I thought, fair-minded interview. Was it the Hollywood Reporter, where they let you speak and and present your point of view without twisting it around and making you sound like a crazy? But by and large, I'm not sure you're going to get the best hearing from uh, the the people, as Donald Trump would call them, the fake news industry. So, what are you doing to get the word out there, aside from shows like ours? Or, or do you find in dealing with the people in secular media that there's at least a willingness to hear your side of, of the, telling the story? I think some yes and some no. I mean, you, yeah, I've come across in our promotion, you know, people saying there's no way I'm going to review your movie or talk about your movie or I'm not going to put it on. I, I would, to be quite honest, rather they come out and bash my movie than ignore my movie. Mm. And, and so, <clears throat> you know, yeah, I mean, I'm doing a lot of shows and a lot of interviews on the Christian Catholic front. Yeah, but I, I would love to have the secular media cover us, even if they want to trash us, or you know, because the the more they trash us, mm-hmm. the more our side fights back. Yeah, right. And the more our side fights back, you know, I mean, uh, there's an old adage: all press is good press, right? And, and I yeah. think, um, you know, and and my goal really is not to preach to the choir, right? If I can get on, you know, secular media and say, listen. Guys, give it a chance. It's not a faith-based movie. It's mm-hmm. not going to preach to you. Yes, are you going to capture those in the pro-choice movement? No, but they're all, like, the majority of my friends are pro-choice. Yeah. But they're not involved in the pro-choice movement. They're like, ah, eh, I'm probably pro-choice. It, it, you know, it's not, they're not adamant one way or another. And for those people, you know, I'll give you an example. Even one of one of them, you know, most of the people in my film, um, the actors, even the conservatives are pro-choice. Um, I had one uh, one actor who was actually uh, a liberal. Um, I can't tell you who he is because yeah, he yeah. converted during the making of the movie and he's now pro-life. <laughs> and I have a lot of my friends, you know, most of my friends are liberals because of where I work and where I live. Mm-hmm. And, and I, you know, I've shown them the movie and, you know, you know, because they're in my home or they're friends. And I had to I tell you, I have a half a dozen that have either taken pause, who changed their mind, who are on the fence, you know, you know, it's really made them think. And if I could do that to the moderate somewhere in the middle, I, I think, you know, we, we can we can put a dent in this. Nick Love is our guest. His movie is called Roe versus Wade. Nick, in playing Dr. Bernard Nathanson, I'm thinking back to uh, I knew Adele, his wife, but she's gone to God. And uh, I knew his son, Joe. I'm not sure if he's still around. Do you have any folks who knew Bernard to inform you about the kind of man he was? You know, I, I didn't. Uh, I mean, I talked to a lot of people in the movement who knew him like you. We read mm-hmm. his books. Um, I, I actually, I think Adele is still alive. Oh, okay. I think I think Adele, and and from what I do, and because Adele is actually, I did speak to her briefly. Okay. Um, and I did speak to her briefly. Uh, but that was his third wife. He ended up having four wives. Wow. He divorced Adele later in life and had, I think, a, a, a younger wife in the last couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> so um you know a, a colorful character he was uh, a colorful was character, character. <laughs> and I, you know i um and no <clears throat> i i truly feel that i got a a true sense of him i read all his books i read his mm-hmm. interviews i mean you know we even we even use his in some of the interviews verbatim i mean the movie opens uh-huh. and closes with an interview he gave to the washington post that we use word for word wow, and it's an inter- it's a very interesting interview 
because he, he admits he lied and he admits he lied and he admits that he lied the whole time. Nick, you play this doctor who also made, and I wouldn't want our folks not to hear about this, made two of the most powerful uh, documentaries out there, The Silent Scream about early abortion and Eclipse of Reason about late-term abortion. Uh, do you know, do those films still exist? Are they available to people to see? Yeah, I mean, you can get The Silent Scream. I think you can get it on Amazon or download okay. it online. Um, the, the last one, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure, but um, it's out there. But, you know, The, the Silent Scream has been so famous. Yeah, uh, no, it's even, powerful. Even around the world, people have heard the silent screen. You know, with Eclipse of Reason, the introduction was done by Charlton Heston, and, and his argument was we have on Channel 13, on PBS, on many stations, uh, surgeries that we show, every detail of the surgery. And he said the largest surgery in America is abortion. Why are we afraid to show uh, what happens every day in America, both in early and late-term abortion? And uh, it was a great argument, but I, I think, again, it was plain to the audience, as you say, those who are already converted. What you're doing is trying to reach out to a wider audience. There was an earlier film, Nick, uh, called Gosnell, about Dr. Gosnell and his butchery of, of late-term abortions. Um, did that succeed? And if it didn't succeed, why is Roe versus Wade going to succeed? I, I think Gosnell had a lot of challenges. I think, uh, I mean, I know the, the creators very well and they're great guys. I, I don't think, I think they, they had two, two uh, multiple challenges. Mm. Um, I think one, they weren't really <clears throat> tied into the, the Christian Catholic pro-life movement here in America. Yeah. Um, and I don't think it, they got the movie out and marketed properly within those communities and nobody really heard of it and knew about it. And I think that was, that was one challenge. I think the other challenge was um, I think the way it was marketed and presented, you know, uh, I can't remember the title, but it was the title was like Gosnell, the biggest serial killer in America. Mm -hmm. Well, if I don't know anything about Gosnell and I see that title, I, I think it's a horror movie. Right, right, right. Right. And so, you know, um, I, I think that was challenging. I think that was very challenging too, uh, the, the marketing of that. And I think, um, you know, those were some of, some of the obstacles in the movie. Um, you know, it's a very sad story. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad that they got it told and they got it out there. And these guys are great filmmakers. And um, But I think a lot of the marketing was challenging to get that out there. I mean, if you look at... Uh, on the opposite side, Unplanned, mm -hmm. which came out a couple of years ago, they did phenomenal, right? Yeah, they, yeah. they did phenomenal. Uh, they really hit the ball out of the park, and a lot of it had to do was the way they positioned it, the way they told the story. They set up screenings. Mm -hmm. They went around, and they were very influential uh, in media. They also had more money. They also had a lot more money to spend on advertising and marketing, um, you know, and so... You know, and also, you know, and I think, you know, and, and, and they did such a great job and they didn't even have any, you know, really famous actors in yeah, yeah. at all. Um, I mean, Gosnell had Dean Kane. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, one of the things that we have going for us is we've got, you know, between, you know, John Voight and John Schneider and Steve Goomberg and Robert Dobby and Joey mm -hmm. Lawrence and Stacey. Day. And we have this incredible cast of people that, you know, and a lot of these films are driven by their cast. So I think that can be generally helpful. And I think every everybody has heard of Roe v. Wade. I think the only challenge that we do have with the film and the marketing side is I would say every everybody, uh, the majority of people who hear about it, uh, the immediate reaction is they think it's a documentary. 
Yeah, um, yeah. And and, and they, don't, they don't understand it's a feature narrative film and no different than any other film they may see in a movie theater. But the immediate reaction. So hopefully once it's out on uh, iTunes and they can watch the trailer, the mm -hmm. movie, if they want, you know. Nick Lowe is our guest, producer, writer, star of uh, of Roe vs. Wade. Final question, Nick. I promise that I'll let you get on with your day and take care of that cough of yours. Um, here's, here's my question. Um, it takes a lot of chutzpah, I think, to go into a field where you're going to probably even lose a few friends along the way. Already and, done. Uh, already done. And, and you're taking the challenge. Where is it in Nick Lowe? Where does this come from, this capacity to say, I'm going to tell my truth. I hope you like me. But if you don't, I'm okay with that. It's always been my personality, you know, uh -huh. love me or hate me. Wow. There's never been a middle ground with me. So, uh, you know, that's always been my, I, you know, it's just been who I've always been. Good. I hope you never change then. I want to thank Nick Loeb for being with us. And I hope all of our listeners and watchers will watch Roe versus Wade. Uh, I'm going to ask Nick at the end of the show just to tell us one more time how to find it. But we all need to be better informed about what went into, what's the history behind Roe versus Wade, not just the decision, but the lies, deceptions, misleading stories that were fed to the American people to help them embrace unrestricted abortion, which has now res responded. What do you say here in one of your quotes here? You said, uh, over 60 million unborn children lost to America. And that's not even counting those around the world because of unrestricted abortion. Nick, thank you for your courage. Thank you for telling a story that needs to be told. Uh, we're gonna hope to do whatever we can to see that everyone is informed, both pro-choice and pro-lifers, to see a film that helps us to better understand where we are today as a divided America. And maybe we should be divided until we come to some recognition that all life is sacred, including that of every single child in the womb and as well as respect for their moms and dads. So Nick, thank you for everything you're doing and keep on keeping on, keep the chutzpah flowing. Thank you very much. Well, I appreciate it. And to answer your question, you know, so people can find out more at robywademovie.com. Yes. Um, and the movie comes out April 2nd, but there are a lot of okay. groups and organizations doing pre-screenings. Good. In churches, um, some are doing virtual, some are doing in theaters, and they can sign up at robywademovie.com uh, and you know fill out the form and send it in and we'll set up a month with a screening. Now, let me ask you, Nick, for a parish like mine, 3,000 families of uh, many senior citizens who are still attached to their DVDs, will it come out in that format too? It will come out in DVD, um, I think the second or third window. So I don't know, like 90 days after release. Okay. Uh, 90 or 180 days after release, it'll be in DVD and uh, you can get it online or get it on, in Walmart or Target and Best Buy and things like that. Okay. Thank you so much, Nick. Uh, folks around the world, please listen to Nick and please watch Roe versus Wade. Thank you again for your courage, Nick. Thank you, Father. As we end today's program, I thank you all for being with us. I ask you to write to me if you want to at personallyspeakingpodcast at gmail.com. To listen to our Personally Speaking Podcast with some of our most recent shows, please go onto YouTube search under Personally Speaking with Monsignor Jim Lasanti, and don't forget to click like and subscribe. Personally Speaking is also available as a podcast on personallyspeakingpodcast.buzzsprout.com. You can also listen to past episodes by going on www.closeencountertv.com and clicking on the radio button at the top of the page. Additionally, Personally Speaking, episodes are on my parish website, which is www.ollmp.org on the homepage. Personally Speaking is also on Facebook at Personally Speaking with Monsignor Jim Asante. Thanks so much for being with us. We look forward to being with you again on Personally Speaking. I'm privileged to serve as host and executive producer of Personally Speaking. Our producer is Lisa Jandovitz. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be with you again next time on Personally Speaking.